Welcome to Brain Slides, the presentation podcast for teachers, helping you present better to teach better. Welcome to Brain Slides. I'm Nathan Cash and your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Pulsifer. How are you doing today, Mike? Good. How are you doing? Good. Well, this is our first episode, and we'd like to just introduce ourselves a little bit and let you know what this podcast is all about. And we're basically going to be talking about how teachers can improve their presentation skills and why that's important for the classroom. But of course, this applies to just about anybody that's going to be doing presentations. So I'm Nathan Cashin, and I've recently graduated. I've been involved in education almost all my life because my mom is a teacher. And so I grew up with her spending hours and hours in the classroom. And I know how much effort educators go to to making sure that their lessons are top-notch. Um, but I also know that they're, most of them have limited resources and you know, just have to work with what they've got to do their best. Uh, but I've also been in school for many, many years and been subject to lots of presentations that maybe aren't the greatest that have been thrown together uh, just, for, you know, for the purpose of getting a lesson done. And so a few years ago during my college career, I kind of decided that I could probably help some of these teachers do something to improve what they do in the classroom. And I love presentations. I love design. And hopefully we can t be talking about a few things that can help teachers out. So what about you, Mike? Well, I've got a little bit less, or actually about probably a lot less uh, education background. Um, but back when I was in college in the early 90s, and I'm dating myself, you know, um, I was a uh, secondary ed major for about a year and a half until I gave that fateful, really exciting uh, lesson on oxygen. I mean, it doesn't get any, much, any more exciting than that. Well... <laughs> Since then, I've I've married a wonderful woman who uh, taught for about ten years in a local school system. So, uh, just when I thought uh, I, I leave the education system uh, behind me, it's back in the forefront, and I, I get to see how uh, the the education system that that was training my wife as a teacher uh, was teaching her how to use slideware like PowerPoint. Uh, and also, uh, I got to see how through some changes that she was able to make, it improved the, the delivery of the content to the students. Now, that said, I, I do work in a corporate type of environment, and we see the same problems, and it's the same issues. And even though we're not in a classroom, there is a similarity in that we're trying we we're trying to educate or teach our audience about the particular subject that we're up there talking about. Uh, because if everybody in the the room and the meeting room knows exactly what it is that you're talking about and knows everything about the subject, you don't need to be up there in the first place. And there's there's plenty of presentations we have to go through and and deliver uh, where they just don't know anything. So it's really all, not all that far removed. That's right. And I should uh, kind of reiterate that neither of us are professional designers, nor are we um, 
experienced teachers in the classroom. Uh, but I work in an education agency, and so I'm very close to education. And for the past five years, I've been working at a university in their college of education. Uh, that being said, everything that we say on this podcast is of our our own personal opinion and doesn't reflect our employers. Absolutely. Uh, but both of us are very passionate about presentations and passionate about design and other artistic things. We're both amateur photographers, isn't that right? Yep. We've developed an eye for artistic things and design things. But again, we're, we're both amateurs at this, and I think that's important for two reasons. Uh, number one, we might say something that isn't exactly right. You know, we, we're sharing our opinions and things that we've learned. So there's definitely better information that can be had out there. On the other hand, I think it's great that we've both learned this stuff and that we're not professionals because it shows that anybody can do about the same thing. Anybody can improve their presentation abilities, and and it doesn't take a whole lot of effort. So hopefully that can uh, serve to encourage the teachers and the others that are listening to this show to to try to learn new principles and improve what they do in their presentation. And, and, if, I may, and if I may add, where I work, I've got almost no time. I've got an agenda schedule that's just, just filled to the, the room with meetings. So I don't have a whole lot of time, um, except on a few occasions necessarily to put into developing solid presentation visuals. Um, I know teachers, just having been married to one for, for about 10 years, uh, they have even less time. And they're, they're, the type of work that they do is unfortunately uh, in large part thankless because you know, the students don't necessarily appreciate it, the parents don't necessarily appreciate it, but they're putting in long hours at home, taking time away from their families even. And anything that, I mean, like I said, I'm a busy person, so I'm always looking for quick, easy, simple solutions to uh, create great visuals. And I think those same lessons would would apply tenfold to those in the teaching profession. Absolutely. And I hope that that's the, one of the important things that we can address on this show. Uh, some of the ways we'd like to help the listeners is by bringing in uh, teachers, whether it's in elementary, high school, university, who have been able to apply some of these things on their own and have them share their experiences. And one of the big questions is how much time does it take? Mm-hmm. As I said, my mom would leave uh, for school in the morning about 6.30 and usually wouldn't get home 6.30 at night. And so I know that time is of the essence and there's not a lot of time to devote to preparing presentations, let alone the entire lesson. So that's definitely something that we're going to address. Another thing we that we're hoping to be able to do on this show is to bring in some professional designers who can and ex, who can explain some of the key principles that apply to presentation design and just to to explain those as in as simple words as possible so that anybody can understand them and apply them. And hopefully we can get some public speakers and others that can uh, help the delivery of these presentations so that the audience understands the key points clearly and to get rid of any question about what really what the material really is about 
So, Mike, what to start off with, what do you think are some of the key problems with presentations in the classroom as well as in the boardroom or anywhere else? I can sum it up in two words. Bullet points. Bullet all, points all, are, <laughs> are the bane of the presentation designers. Oh, my existed. gosh. Oh, it, it, it's, it's awful because it, it's what people tend to, to do way too often is they, they build an outline, they build it in PowerPoint or Keynote, and they just present those that that list. And really, the, even, even still, some of them go out of their way to use complete sentences, uh, sometimes even paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And it becomes what I, what I like to call a reading rainbow presentation. Where everybody in the room is illiterate, and the presenter knows and is teaching us how to read, and they're reading every single word in the slide. And if we follow along, we will learn how to read too. Um, it's it really it's those kinds of presentations that really just insult the intelligence of of the audience, whether it's students uh, or people in the boardroom. It's and really distracts from the the core message that you're trying to get across. Um, bullet points, uh, I swear, just people, I, I see it in their eyes. They, they, they just shut down when they, when they see that, that wall of text. Yeah. The slide is just completely covered and we don't want to be read to, you know, unless we're in kindergarten or preschool. Story time was my, one of my favorite times sitting there with the librarian. Um, but you're right. Once we are more advanced and once we're trying to learn more complex material, uh, just seeing a list up there is not the best way to gain that knowledge. So I would agree, and I think, you know, I follow tons and tons of presentation blogs. For the past couple years, I've been reading them and being re- been reading everything I can find on presentation design as well as uh, public speaking. And bullet points is probably the first thing. Of course, uh, there's a common term, death by bullet points. Death by PowerPoint, and that's talking about the bullet points. Um, so why is it that bullet points are still so common? I think it's, I think it's twofold. One, as I mentioned, uh, people just ge- generate their outline, and then they throw the outline into the slides and call it a day. Uh, they don't have much time, so they think this is just the easiest way, and people are going to be able to follow along and understand exactly everything. And if they want to be able to take them the the slides home or back to their office or whatever, and use that as reference material, that that's all the information that they'll need. And they don't understand really that the presentation isn't your slide deck. The presentation is what it is that you're up there telling them. Um, the other thing is, and, and I do have to blame the, the Slideware software uh, makers, Microsoft, and even to an extent Apple, because they do do the same thing, uh, where when you create a content slide, the default is the one with bullet it's points. It's the bullet points. They're encouraging you to uh, do, you know, they're, they're encouraging bad behavior. So it's not to say that we shouldn't use bullet points at all. Basically, what we need to do is try to use them wisely when it makes sense to actually use bullet points. And that could include, among other ways, 
um, actually just removing the bullet points themselves and bringing the individual items one by one so that you don't overwhelm your audience with too much information at once. Yeah, and along with that, I think in a future episode, we can talk about some alternatives to bullet points. Uh, there's simple things you can do, whether it's bulleting or bolding the first line, the first word in the line, um, or just using color, using different design techniques to um, to kind of highlight the information and to provide that information in a different way, rather than just using a list. So, you know, it reminds me of kind of this overarching argument that I see going on in the presentation design world on whose fault it is that presentations are bad. On, I guess on one side, we hear that it's the presenter's fault because they didn't design their slides well. Uh, they just typed in kind of a, a teleprompter sort of list of what they want to talk about. But then on the other hand, a lot of people kind of blame the software. And for the most part, I, I think I'm on that side of the fence where I blame PowerPoint for just giving us a slide template that almost forces us to, you know, click here to add title and then click here to add bullet points. And for teachers who aren't the most tech savvy, you know, not to offend anyone, my mom's a teacher and she, I help her a lot because she, that's just not where she has spent her time. Um, she spends it on becoming a better teacher, not like me, where I, I spend my time just messing around in PowerPoint Keynote. So teachers, I just can't bring myself to blame them for just following the instructions that are given to them when they try to present or to prepare some slides. So I hope that we can talk about ways that teachers can use this software and learn how to use it better to prepare better slides. And the reason I started Brain Slides, at least the website a few years ago, was because I was kind of tired of my teachers using the cookie cutter templates for their presentation slides. And I thought that I could maybe put together some information on how to do it better. And as I looked across the web for different resources, I found tons of books, tons of websites on presentation design, but all of it was geared towards the entrepreneur or the corporate world. You know, there's present, there's presentation Zen, there's slideology, Resonate, uh, Beyond Bullet Points, and these are all fabulous books that I recommend anybody go out and buy or order from Amazon. And they teach you how to improve your design. But again, it's it's all geared towards the business arena. And I wanted to prepare something for teachers that would help them in the classroom because there are some subtle but very important differences in slide design. Um, Sorry, created brain slides to to kind of fulfill that goal and that it's been a hobby for the past few years. But hopefully this podcast, along with your help and bringing in the help of others, uh, will help kind of expand that and help other teachers to do better. Absolutely. And and though my the most of my backgrounds from the corporate world, there's definitely a lot of overlap because whenever we're delivering presentations in a boardroom, we're basically educating the people in that room. So a lot of the same principles was uh, cognitive principles, design principles, and there's a lot of overlap there as well. That regardless of whether or not you're in the education field or in the corporate or in the corporate world, I, I believe 
what we're talking about here in this this podcast is going to be a great value to anybody who has to deliver presentations. Uh, I hope so. And today we just want to introduce ourselves and introduce the show and kind of give a preview of what things we're going to bring and, and offer. Um, so again, I'm Nathan Cashin, and you can find me on NathanCashin.com or Brainslides.com, I would prefer, which is the companion website to this show. And you can also follow me at Brainslides on Twitter if you'd like to get some updates on posts, as well as some other presentation uh, thoughts that I might share. And Mike, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on the web at mike-pulsifer.org. It's P-U-L-S-I-F-E-R. It's one of those often hard to spell uh, last names. Or you can find me at Mike Pulsifer on Twitter, no hyphen, and uh, uh, same spelling. Obviously. All right. Well, thanks a lot for your time today, and we'll see you again in the next show.